God was preparing Samuel to be a prophet to Israel during its spiritual decline and transition. To fulfill this calling, Samuel had to learn to listen to God. This message is the ninth in the series, The Power of Personal Choices. The message is entitled, Become a Better Listener, Part 2. Here is Pastor Dale O'Shields. Grab your Bibles, your teaching sheets this morning as we get ready to move into God's Word. We're involved in a series of messages. Actually, today we're wrapping up this series called The Power of Personal Choices. We started it back in September, and today is our final installment, the ninth message in the series. I want to wrap up what I talked about last weekend, becoming a better listener. How do you and I make the choice to listen most effectively? When God created you, He gave you a special gift. It's called the gift of a free will. God does not force you to do anything. God does not make you a puppet. God says, here, is, here are choices before you. You get to choose how you're going to live your life. And the choices you make will result in either a blessed life or a cursed life, a blessed life or a challenged life. And if you want to improve the quality of your life, you simply improve the quality of your decisions. So decision-making is very, very important. And many times we don't think about the decisions that we make along the way and the consequences that come with them. But it's extremely important that in our own personal lives we think about the choices, the decisions we make day in and day out in our walk with God, in our relationship with one another. As we've talked about, I'm not going to take time this morning to cover all the different messages we've talked about over this series, but I did start last weekend talking about the choice to become a better listener and the importance of this. And we're looking at the story of a man in the Old Testament by the name of Samuel. Samuel is a very important figure in the Old Testament. He's a prophet and a priest that serves during a very important transition time in Israel. And so he is a person that we can learn a lot of lessons from as well as the people surrounding his life. And today we're looking at this whole idea of God speaking to Samuel and Samuel learning to listen. 1 Samuel chapter 3, beginning in verse number 1 down through verse number 11. The boy Samuel ministered before the Lord under Eli. Eli was the priest. You might remember that Samuel was given back to the Lord as a little boy by his mother, Hannah, because she had promised God that if God would give her a son, she would give him back to the Lord. And so he's being raised in the house of God under the, under the leadership of Eli, the priest. So the boy Samuel ministered before the Lord under Eli. In those days, the word of the Lord was rare. Not a lot of prophecies, not a lot of uh, scripture being taught. The word of the Lord was rare. There were not many visions. One night, Eli, whose eyes were becoming so weak that he could barely see, was lying down in his usual place. The lamp of God had not yet gone out, and Samuel was lying down in the house of the Lord where the ark of God was. Then the Lord called Samuel. Samuel answered, Here I am. And he ran to Eli and said, Here I am. You call me. But Eli said, I did not call. Go back and lie down. So he went and lay down. Again, the Lord called Samuel. And Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am, you call me. My son Eli said, I did not call, go back and lie down. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord. The word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. Let me stop there for a moment. It was not as though Samuel did not know God in some, in some general sense, but he had not gotten to know God in a very personal sense. So the scripture says he did not yet know the Lord. He had not learned to listen to God's voice. He didn't recognize the voice of God or the personal dealings of God in his life as of yet. He's still a young boy. Verse number eight, a third time the Lord calls Samuel, and Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, here I am, you call me. Then Eli realized that the Lord was calling the boy, so Eli told Samuel, go and lie down, and if he says to you, if he, if he calls you, say, speak, Lord, for your servant is, speak, Lord, for your servant is, 
One more time. Speak, Lord, for your servant is... Circle that word on your notes. Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. The Lord came and stood there calling as at the other time. Samuel, Samuel. Then Samuel said, speak, for your servant is. Now he is listening. And the Lord said to Samuel, see, I'm about to do something in Israel that will make the ears of everyone who hears about it tingle. I'm not going to go into the message that God actually gave Samuel, a very important message. But the key thing I want you to see is this is the moment in Samuel's life when Samuel learns how to listen to God. One of the greatest decisions that you will ever make in your life is a decision to become a better listener. I will tell you why. Because listening, if you listen well, you will that choice alone will put you in a position to have the more effective life, the most effective life that you can experience. As we talked about last week, listening is a skill that you develop. It's an art that you develop. So you have to put some effort into learning how to listen. It's also something that matters a whole lot for your future. But what I want to give you today is one simple point, just one thing we're going to talk about today. I'm going to unpack that one thing for you. And that's the first thing you'll see on your notes is that listening to God matters most. One of the greatest decisions you're going to make in life is not just listening to people. More importantly, what matters most is learning how to listen to who? To God. It's the most important listening you will ever do because your life can be radically altered when you learn to listen to him. But one word from God in your heart that you hear can change your life. Did you hear that? One word, one little phrase from God, one moment with God can completely change your life. I could have people line up today and walk through this platform and give testimonies how one word from God, one moment when God dealt with them, changed the entire direction of their life. And I believe that God has those moments for each one of us. God wants to speak to you because God has a plan for you. God wants you to understand his plan. He wants to reveal that to you. But you will never experience the revelation of God's plan in your life unless you're, you are listening. That's why Samuel had to learn to listen. He would have never become the prophet that God wanted him to be had he not learned to listen. So I'm going to share with you today. Uh, this weekend, I'm going to share with you eight principles of hearing the voice of God. How do you hear God's voice? What I'm going to share with you will come from my own life experience. I will tell you that this is something I am learning. Uh, I'm not there yet. No one ever gets there, but it's a process that we gain. I'm gaining uh, growth in this process in my life. But I will also tell you this. Everybody can do what I'm about to share. See, some people have the idea that only the really spiritual people hear from God. And if you're not really all that spiritual, you can never hear from God. Not true at all. See, hearing from God is not some mystical thing that is reserved for just the really spiritual folks. Because if that were the case, none of us generally would ever hear from God. Because you have your times you're not so spiritual, right? Okay. So you've got to get to the place of realizing that God can get through to you if you're listening, even if you don't feel very spiritual, if you'll do some things, if you'll practice some principles in your life. And I'm going to give you eight things, and if you will do these eight things, I promise you, you will start hearing God's voice. Anybody want to hear the voice of God in your life? I do. My hand goes up. I want to hear God speak. I believe that you do as well, but you have to do these eight things. Number one. It starts at the foundational level. You have to accept Jesus Christ as your Savior and your Lord. That's where it all begins. You can't know God. You can't know the voice of God without knowing God. How do you know the voice of God if you don't know God? And so the question becomes, how do I know God so I can know His voice? See, when you know someone, you automatically know their voice, generally. See, when my wife calls me, I don't have to say, who is this? Because I recognize her 
voice. I know her, and because I know her, I recognize her voice. And so you and I need to become children of God so that we can understand the voice of the Father to us. And the reason that many people do not hear God speak is because they've never accepted Jesus Christ as the personal Lord and Savior of their life. You say, Pastor, what does that mean? It simply means this. It means that you believe that Jesus is who He said He is. He is the Son of God, that He came from heaven to earth to, to, to die on the cross for our sins, and then once again, having died on the cross for our sins, the Scripture teaches us that He rose from the grave victoriously. He is the living Savior, and I come to Him, and I invite Him to come into my life, forgive me of my sins, and I turn my life over to Him, and I experience something the Bible calls being born again, born, born into the family of God. And then I have Jesus Christ in my life, who is my pathway to God. See, there are not many ways to get to God. There's one way to get to God. And I want to make sure that this is very clearly understood because so many in our culture, they will say, well, you can get to God lots of different ways. That's not what the Bible teaches. The Bible teaches there's only one way to get to God and that God has prepared that way through Jesus Christ. Read with me John chapter 14, verse number 6. Let's read it aloud and loudly. All of our campuses, here we go. Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So how do you get to the Father? Through Jesus. And so if you have not accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior of your life, I would really encourage you and challenge you and do everything I possibly can today to persuade you to take that step in your life, to open your heart to Jesus, because that's the way you get to know God. And The beautiful thing is uh, God accepts all of those that will come to Him. If you'll simply come to God, He will receive you with open arms and change you from the inside out. Number two, second thing, if you want to hear God's voice, you've got to fill up with God's truth. God speaks to us primarily through His Word. This book called the Bible is the voice of God to you. And so every time you open this book called the Bible, or as you hear the Word of God taught as happening today, what's occurring is God is speaking to you. God is speaking to you right now as I'm sharing His Word with you. And when you pick up your Bible and read it, this is God's Word to you. And what you need to do in your life, if you want to hear the voice of God, you've got to get this book inside you. You have to get it in you. And what that means is this. There, let me see if I can explain it this way. Let's say I want you to think of your life like a box, okay? Just like inside your heart there's this box, okay? And in this box, you're taking things in all the time. You're taking ideas, you're taking influences into your heart all the time. And if all that you're putting into your heart in this little box inside of you are the influences of the world, the ideas of the world, the media of the world, if you're just simply filling your box up with just the stuff of the world... What's going to come out of you when you get ready to make a decision? What's it? The world's going to come out of you, right? Because that's what you put in. Now, opposite of that, if you put God's Word in you, you consistently keep the Word of God strong inside of you. When, it, when it's time to make a decision, when you're faced with a situation where you need to know what is God's will for my life, what is God saying to me, then God's got something to work with, Right? You know, you can't build anything unless you have some material, right? You have the greatest ideas and plans in the world. You can even have an architect draw them up. But you can't build unless there's some material there to build with. And the same is true with God. If He's going to build your life, you've got to give Him some material to work with. And that's why you need to get the Word of God inside of you. And every time you pick up your Bible, you need to understand this is God's voice speaking to me. It doesn't mean that you're going to understand everything that you read, okay? I don't understand everything people say to me, do you, okay? 
I'm not going to understand everything that I read in the Bible. Is that helpful to you to know that I don't understand everything I read in the Bible? Okay. But even though I, I don't understand everything, I'm in the process of learning. And I found out this. If I'll just keep on reading, there'll be something there for me that will fill my life. And it, it just feeds me on the inside. And it gives God something to work with. I will tell you that as I look back over my life, the major decision points that I've had in my life uh, where God spoke to me in a very real way, it was always related to some scripture that was already inside of me. God leads you by his word. Let's go to Colossians chapter 3, verses 15 and 16. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you are called to peace and be thankful. Let the message, or one translation says, the word of Christ dwell among you. How? Richly. Let it dwell what? Richly. One translation says, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly or among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom. That's where your wisdom comes from, from the word. And, and uh, through psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, songs from the Spirit, sing to God with gratitude in your heart. So it's talking about the word and worship. Keep the word and worship going on in your life because if there's the word and worship, it's filling your life with the things that will prepare you to hear the voice of God. The reason that many Christians don't hear God speak is because they have very little of this inside of them. Number three, create quiet times in your life. God doesn't shout, God whispers. God's not going to shout you down. God wants to whisper. There's something called the still, small voice of God. And if you're not quiet, you're going to miss it. God designed you to work best when you have the quiet moments in your life. Jesus said this, and by the way, this verse is not in your notes, but you may want to write it down, Matthew chapter 6, verse 6. When Jesus was talking about prayer, he said, but when you pray, go away by yourself. You hear that? When you pray, go away by yourself, all alone, and shut the door behind you. Anybody want to say amen? If I could just do that, right? Sometimes it feels like there's no door to shut behind you, but you have to find these times in your life and pray to your father secretly and your father who knows your secrets will reward you. Jesus said, if you want intimacy with the father, you've got to establish a quiet, intimate place so that he can talk to you. We all know Psalm 46 verse 10, be still and know that I am God. Be still. There's these quiet moments that you have to establish in your life where you shut the noise out, where you kind of close everything off and push everything else away and say, you know, the most important thing for me right now is to tune in. I don't know if any of you remember, many of you may not, some of you will remember the days when the radio uh, was not digital. Anybody remember radios that were not digital? And you had the little tuning knob on it that you had to like find the exact place that you'd tune and turn until you got the exact place and then you know you turn a little bit too much and it's kind of messed up you turn the other way a little bit too much it's messed up but wasn't it that wasn't it a hallelujah moment when you got right there okay there it is boom there it is got it that's kind of how it is with God you have to sort of tune in to God because there are lots of noises around you that are always speaking to you not only noise from the outside but anybody has some noise that goes on on the inside okay we all do don't we and so you've got to tune in, God, I'm just with you right now. I'm going to get all the other distractions. It might take me a few moments, but I'm going to tune in to the voice of God. So create quiet times. Number four, prayerfully meditate on Bible verses. You want to hear God's voice? Anybody want to hear the voice of God? Amen? That's what you've got to do. Prayerfully meditate on Bible verses. Now, as soon as I say the word meditate, I feel like I need to do a whole message on that just to de debunk a lot of stuff that people think about meditation, okay? 
Meditation is not getting into some contorted position on the floor. You know, thank God it's not that because I couldn't get in those positions anyway. I see some of these people doing this stuff. Like, how could you ever even get your body to do that? But I'm glad it doesn't involve that. It's not repeating some mantra over and over again and getting into la-la land. It's not that, okay? It's not what it's all about. Meditation, according to the Bible, is very simple. It's very simple. The actual Hebrew word for meditate means this. It means to mutter to yourself over and over again. Some of you are experts at that already, okay? You mutter it to yourself all the time. But it's a specific kind of muttering. It's muttering the word of God to yourself, okay? It's taking a verse of scripture and just speaking it quietly or under your breath or just speaking it over and over again and chewing on it. Everybody say chew. See, the word of God, you can't digest it unless you chew it. You know, it's dangerous to just swallow food whole. It's dangerous to you. It's also, you're never going to get the new, the best way to get the nutrients released is to chew on it, the release of those nutrients. And the same with the Word of God. You pick up, pick, pick up the Word of God. Let me just, can I just give you an example? I'm here to help you today, so I'm just going to show you. Okay, if I show you how I do it? Okay? All right, here we go. Let's go back to that verse a few moments ago. Be still and know that I'm God. Say it with me. Be still and know that I'm God. Let's say I'm in my devotions in the morning and I happen to read Psalm 4610. Be still and know that I'm God. Okay, I want to meditate on that a few moments. Be still and know that I am God. Be still and know that I am God. Be still and know that I am God. Be, be. Well, what does that mean, be? God didn't say, do still. He said, be still. So, you know, be, I can be still in any situation. So the word be pops out at me. It's not just do, it's be. God wants me to be still. Still, what does still mean? You see what's happening here? Still, still. Let me look it up in the dictionary. What does that mean? Well, still means quiet. Well, that makes me think about Psalm 23. He leads me beside quiet waters, unagitated waters. So be still. Get rid of the, be a person that doesn't live in an agitated state. Now, suddenly, that little be still has now, do you see what just happened with me meditating upon it? It's now gotten bigger and more meaningful. Be still and know that I am God. Well, where am I trying to be God in my life right now? Now, suddenly, I've expanded that, so I've got to be still, get rid of my agitation, and know that I don't have to be in charge of my life because God is in charge of my life. You're seeing that one little phrase, be still and know that I'm God, can take you into all kind of places in your own spiritual journey, but you have to quiet yourself and meditate. And listen closely, meditation is the pathway. This kind of meditation is the pathway to your spiritual success. This is where you're going to hear God speak to you most often as you're meditating on Scripture in your life. Take a look at what God said to Joshua in Joshua chapter 1, verse 8. Why don't we read this one together aloud and loudly. Here we go. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Do you want to be prosperous? Do you want to be successful? What is the pathway, according to Scripture, to prosperity and success? The Bible says that you meditate on the Word of God day and night so that you're careful to 
do it. So it begins to change your life. And as God is speaking to you and shaping you through the meditation on his word, that leads you to godly prosperity and godly success. How many victories would be won in your life right now? And how many breakthroughs could come to your life right now if you would simply let the word of God get into you through meditation? Number five, fifth principle, write down what you're learning and what you're hearing. I'm a really, really big believer in taking notes in your devotion time. I'm a, I'm a big journaler. And some people say, well, I don't like that writing stuff. I don't really, I'm not that kind of person. Well, let me just challenge you. Try it. Just try it. Just try it for a bit. Get you a notebook. It doesn't have to be an expensive notebook. I use an app. I use an app on my, my devices, my mobile devices that uh, sync throughout all the devices so that anywhere I'm at, I've got my devotional thoughts with me that I've, that I've put down in my morning time of devotions. But what you're doing is this. You're like, like a while ago, be still and know that I'm God. So when I think be, be, I will write down, God wants me to be still, not just do still. So you, anybody can do, anybody can sit still for a moment, right? If I want to sit still, I can do it. I want to force myself for 30 seconds to be still, to sit still, to do still. But be still is a different thing. So I write in my notes, be still. What does that mean? Okay. And so I begin to write it out. Know that I'm God. And so whatever I feel like God is sort of speaking to me, I just take a few moments and write it down. Just put it in a journal. Why is that important? Because I found out that, uh, and many people will, will, will teach this, actually research that has been done about this. When you write stuff down, it clarifies what you're thinking it brings clarity to it. It also helps you to remember it. It also gives you something you can go back to later and say, wow, okay, on, on, on Sunday, December, what, November, what's the date today? 15th? 16th, okay, is that right? 15th? Okay, whatever it is, okay. I should have looked at my calendar this morning, right? You write down, this is what God said to me. And then a month later, you can go back and you can start seeing a pattern of what God's trying to say to you in your life through the scriptures. So write it down. Notice what the prophet Habakkuk, God said to the prophet Habakkuk, chapter 2, verse 2. Then the Lord replied, write down the revelation. Write down the revelation. Make it plain on tablets so a herald may run with it. Number six, know that the voice of God to you will primarily be about you. When God speaks to you, he's generally speaking to you about you, about your character, about your needed areas of growth, about your responsibilities. Here's what a lot of people fall prey to. They want to hear from God for somebody else. Right? Hey, brother, God gave me a word for you. I want to say, well, okay, what did he say to you about you? And a lot of people that are walking through life totally oblivious to the things that God wants to say to them because they're always focused on what they believe God wants to say to somebody else. I've discovered over the years that God's not so interested in telling me about other people's business. God's very, very, very much interested in telling me about my business, about the stuff in my life that I need to pay attention to. And so when you hear the voice of God, don't think in terms of what is God giving me to say to somebody else. The issue is, what God, what are you saying to me about me, about my character, about my development? What do you want to make me aware of that I don't realize in my life right now that will help me to be more godly, more prosperous in a godly way and more successful? Take a look at this, this verse in Psalm chapter 119, two verses here actually. Verse 11, I've hidden your word in 
my heart that I might not sin against you. Notice the personal pronouns there. My heart that I. It's not about somebody else. It's about me. Psalm 119, 105. Your word is a lamp for my feet, a light for my path. That is, God is saying, I need to get my word in you so that you won't sin. I need to get my word into you so that you will have a light for your path. Number seven. Check out, excuse me, check out your thoughts and reflections with mature believers that can help you practically inter interpret what you're hearing. Let me talk to you about this one just for a moment. <clears throat> Especially in the big areas of life, it's extremely important when you're making major decisions in your life that you don't trust yourself alone to hear God's voice. I don't trust myself alone to hear God's voice. Because you need other people helping you to discover the voice of God. For You need godly counsel in your life. Amen? Because if you don't seek godly counsel, you will end up convincing yourself to do something that is more your will than God's will. All of us are real tricky about telling ourselves why something is good for us because it's something we want to do, not necessarily something God wants us to do. And that's why you need mature people in your life, especially when you are making a major decision in your life that, that can in a godly, loving way, help you to understand what's really going on inside of you because you can misinterpret God's will for your life. And you need that advice. You need that input from other people. From time to time, I'll have people that will come to me and say, Pastor, I want your advice about, about this decision I'm making. And what they're saying is many times, I'm giving the point here, you'll see, many times they're not really wanting my advice. What they're wanting is my blessing. For what they've already decided to do. There's a difference in really wanting advice and just wanting somebody to stamp what you've already decided that you wanted to do in your life. And oftentimes it starts like this. Pastor, God told me to. That ends the conversation. Right? I mean, if God told you to, what am I going to say, Right? We've already ended the conversation, but the way you do this, you know, I've been thinking about this in my life. You know, I'm not sure if this is the will of God. I'm kind of sensing that this is something I'm thinking about doing, but I don't know if God's talking to me about this or not. It's a big decision. Can I talk this out with you, and can you give me some input? Let me say something else. If you're going to a mature, wise, godly person for advice, please listen to them, okay? Listen to them. Okay? Don't just shove them off and say, well, they didn't say what I wanted them to say. Well, maybe they didn't say what you wanted them to say because you needed to hear what they had to hear, right? Amen? Okay? And so you have to be very careful, especially as you're making decisions in your life, that you're not just always seeking the confirmation for what you want to do as opposed to what God really wants to say to you because I've seen so many people misinterpret God's will for their life because they were not willing to seek the counsel and the help of people around them. Notice 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 1. This will be my third visit to you, Paul says. Every matter must be established by the testimony of two or three witnesses. So make sure you've got good, godly confirmation in, the, in your life as to what God truly is saying to you about light your life journey. Finally, last point, remember that, God's, that God always speaks in line with His Word, His precepts, His principles, and His promises. I want to take just a moment and talk about this. God always speaks to you how? In line with His Word. God will never say anything to you that is contrary to this book. Okay? Make this very clear. 
God will never say anything to you that's contrary to what's already given to us. This is the primary revelation of God for your life. I'm going to tell you a true story here. Actually, this has happened multiple times over, over uh, my, my, my time of ministry over the years. Someone will come to me and say, Pastor, God has revealed something to me. Okay, praise God. What did he show you? He showed me that my wife wasn't really my soulmate. As they do in South America, it's like, what? Oh, yeah, he revealed to me that my wife is not really my soulmate, but at work, I've discovered my true soulmate, and God has spoken to me to divorce my wife and marry her. So what, what Bible are you reading, okay? It's like the true you version, right? Like you version, okay? I'm telling you the truth. I've had people say stuff like this to me. And I just want to say, you know, who's deceived you? Okay? How did you get into this place of deception? What are they doing? They're actually taking what they believe to be the voice of God, which is nothing more than their own emotions, right? They're feeling something they haven't gotten control over, and they're now using that, their emotions, as the voice of God to them. Listen, folks, God, your, your emotions are not God's voice to you. Your emotions are weird, okay? Amen? They're all over the place all the time. So don't build your life on, the, on your emotions. Build your life on the solid foundation of the principles of this word called the Bible, the precepts, the laws that God has given to us, and the promises that God will give you through this book. Don't let your emotions be your guide. Let this be the final authority in your life. Dear ones, this is the rule that we live our lives by. Amen? This is the yardstick, okay? Amen? And in our culture today, there are a lot of people that are wanting to change this up, okay? This, is, this has stood the test of time. The Bible says that the grass withers and the flower, flower fades, but the word of our God will endure forever. Amen? Do you want to build your life on something that's fading, or do you want to build your life on something that is forever? I choose the forever. Amen? So understand that everything that God will say to you, it has to be in line with this book called the Bible. That's how you know God's voice. Eight principles. If you'll practice these, it doesn't matter how spiritual you feel. If you'll practice these things, I promise you, you'll find God speaking to your heart and to your life. You will learn to listen. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for your word this morning. We're so grateful that you're talking to each one of us about uh, the voice of God. We learned through Samuel that he learned to listen to your voice. And I pray for each one of us that we would be sensitive to your voice in our lives. We would learn to listen. Speak to us, Lord. Even as Samuel said, speak, your servant is listening. Give us ears to hear, we pray in Jesus' name. Thanks for joining us for today's message. I trust that you've heard something from God's Word that will make a difference in your life now and forever. Maybe as you were listening to today's message, God began to speak to you about a personal relationship with Himself. You know, the most important thing we can ever establish in our life is a relationship with God. And we do that by opening our hearts and lives to Jesus Christ. If you've never invited Jesus into your life, today is your day. It's your opportunity. And I want to lead you in a prayer right now that you can pray that will forever change your life, that will allow your name to be written in the book of life for eternity. 
All you need to do is simply pray this prayer with me and mean it in your heart. If you'll mean this prayer, God will hear you. The Bible says that whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. So would you pray with me right now? Whisper these words to God or speak them out right where you are. Say, Jesus, just mention his name. Say, Jesus, I admit to you today that, that I am a sinner and I'm sorry, God, for everything I've done wrong. Jesus, I believe in you. I believe you are God's Son, the Savior, the Redeemer. I thank you that you died on the cross for me and that you rose again. I believe in you, Jesus. And then whisper this prayer. Say, Lord, today I invite you to come into my life, to forgive me of my sins, to give me a brand new start in you. I give my life to you today in Jesus' name. Lord, I thank you for those that prayed that prayer with me, and I ask that now they would continue to grow in you and serve you faithfully from this day forward in Jesus' name. If you just prayed that prayer with me, friend, I want you to know that Jesus Christ heard you, that your name has been written in that wonderful book of life, and that now today you start a brand new life in Christ. And to do so, you need some help. You need to learn how to live your life for Jesus every day. We'd like to provide for you. In fact, we have available for you some resources that you can get from our website, church-redeemer.org, that will help you to get a good start in your relationship with Jesus Christ. So again, check out the website, church-redeemer.org. Find those resources that will help you to get going in your relationship with Jesus. If you've prayed with the pastor today and made a decision to follow Jesus Christ, we have some resources for you on our website. Just go to www.church-redeemer.org slash newbeginnings. We pray that this message was a blessing to you.